Welcome to We Need to Talk About Tech, where we talk about the past, present, and future of technology. Hello, everyone in podcast land. Welcome to this week's episode. Today, we're talking about OnePlus pad reviews, and we talk about Pixel phones leaking all over the place. Topic number one, OnePlus pad reviews. Now, OnePlus has been making phones for, I mean, what, nearly a decade now? And after that, they've decided to launch their first tablet. So it's a pretty good first product. It's been pretty well received. To start off, it starts at $479. It has an 11.6-inch display, which is like a pretty common tablet display. What's unusual, though, is that it uses a 7 by 5 aspect ratio couple other unusual things. It has a front camera in the middle for landscape mode, which most people use their phone as. And also the back camera is placed in the middle of the, uh, I guess, the upper portion, right? So usually the cameras are kind of offset to the top left on the back. So this is clearly a device that's been designed to be used in landscape mode, right? More like a, almost like a traditional laptop. It features Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos. And, you know, some reviewers are Very impressed by how good the speakers are on this thing. Uh, The screen is a 144 hertz refresh rate screen. It's powered by a MediaTek Dimensity 9000 chipset, so not a Snapdragon. And it also is launching with accessories too. So it has a magnetic keyboard case, which is sort of like a folio case. I think a lot of renders or a lot of, you know, marketing images made it look like a sort of magic keyboard with the screen floating. It is a folio case, so it has to be connected to the case. They have their own stylo or their own stylus, which is called the OnePlus stylo. And the the tablet, the OnePlus pad, has a 9,510 milliamp hour battery. It has a 67 watt SuperVoop charger. Now, I think in North America, it seems like it's coming with a charger. It seems like in other markets, so like Europe, it doesn't seem to be coming with a charger, but maybe that was just, you know, certain people that got certain review units. It can charge from zero to 100% in 60 minutes. And OnePlus is claiming it has a standby time of 30 days, which is, I mean, pretty long standby time if you're not using the tablet. Yeah. Uh, but from what you've seen of the tablet, what do you think of it, you know, in terms of, Pricing, specs, uh, accessories. What are your thoughts on the tablet? Yeah. Uh, so I, my first impressions are this is really cool. Um, you know, we have not a lot of Android tablets uh, in the market. We are going to get a, a Pixel 1 soon, uh, hopefully in the next week or so. But, uh, you know, the only other company that's making regular tablets is, is Samsung. So to have OnePlus kind of come on the scene and make kind of like a mid-ranger tablet, uh, I think is a great idea because it just it gives a little bit of, of competition to the market. And overall, I like a lot of the, the decisions that they made. Made sure it doesn't have a Snapdragon processor, but the MediaTek Dimensity nine thousand or nine hundred nine hundred or nine thousand. That was nine thousand nine thousand. Um, it's a good it's a good chip. I've seen it in quite a few Android emulation devices. Um, and you know, a lot of people have have talked about, yeah, it's actually quite powerful. Obviously it's not the most powerful chip. It's still a mid range chip, but it's, it's an awesome option to get a, a more budget friendly kind of device, uh, out there. Then there's also, you know, the added features that it has that a lot of mid range tablets don't have, uh, which is things like stylus. Uh, you know, it has the the pen support, the the stylo as they call it. It has incredibly fast charging, which is one thing that I have found to be incredibly lacking from budget and mid range uh, Samsung tablets. Uh, and the aspect ratio, it's interesting. I, I'm I still prefer the uh, iPad style aspect ratio. I think that's a much better uh, aspect ratio for you know this size of, of a tablet mm-hmm. uh, Samsung generally likes to stick with 16 by 10 I think this is better than that so you know it's uh it's it's a cool just product overall I hope you know it ends up being successful I think a lot of products that OnePlus has tried to expand out of whether it's the Nord line or it's the watch 
or it's even their buds, they don't really seem to have much sticking power. I hope this is one that we do see uh, stick around and potentially get newer, better versions in the future and potentially, uh, I don't know if there's any market for it, but potentially even maybe a smaller tablet um, from them. But yeah, I think it's it's cool overall. And I think the the reviews, like you said, it's well-received, but they're not great. It, they're hovering around the, this is a good tablet, not necessarily a great tablet. But I think for a lot of people out there who are looking for a tablet in this price range, $480, just around $480 American. Uh, it's an extra $100 for the, the pen, an extra $149 on top of that for the keyboard case. Uh, but... It's still a cheaper package than an iPad, and it runs Android. So, I don't know. It, it, I think if you're comparing this to an iPad, something like an iPad Air, uh, I, w- I would think most people would just be like, well, I'll just get an iPad Air. It's the, you know more powerful. You got the Apple Silicon in there. But I still think it's a cool product to exist, and you know, hopefully it, they improve on it going forward. D- do you think that this is this is any kind of real competition for the iPad, or do you think maybe this is just them aiming at, at Samsung? Um, because they are using a more iPad-like like aspect ratio, but I, I just kind of find it hard to imagine OnePlus stealing Apple's market share. Yeah, I definitely don't see it as them stealing Apple's market share. Definitely more of a target, you know, at Samsung. Because mm-hmm. um, usually, usually if you're getting a tablet or even, you know, tablet or phone, really, the first thing is, okay, do I want iOS or do I want Android? If you're someone who is familiar with iOS and you want to stick with iOS, you're not really going to be swayed by whatever any Android manufacturers are doing, right? When it comes to the phones, when it comes to their computers or tablets. Um, So I think this is definitely directed more at Samsung. And I think what's interesting too is the price that they decided to go at. I mean, this is their first product, so... It definitely makes it. It definitely makes more sense to try and enter in the mid range to try and build up some brand credibility, and then if anything, you can go to the premium market. But I think you know when you look at the specs, this is very compelling for four hundred and eighty dollars, mm-hmm. right? When you look at something that's priced similar, so I think it's what the Galaxy Tab S seven FE is around four hundred and fifty dollars, but that's from back in two thousand and twenty one. So it has, you know, an older chip and old, some older specs. I think its screen is better, but its screen isn't as fast. So this is something where it's like, all right, I want an Android tablet, but I don't want a chip that's, you know, two, three years outdated. I want something a little bit newer, something a little bit faster. And still to be budget friendly, this is, that's what OnePlus is doing here, mm-hmm. right? My only, I guess, a couple gripes that I have, and, you know, this is just from the reviews I've seen. But the camera placement on the back, it looks cool. It's a circle camera right above the OnePlus logo. And then the back has this sort of like brushed aluminum pattern that almost seems like it radiates out from the camera. It looks really cool, right? But if you were to hold the pad or the tablet in portrait mode, which, you know, sometimes people are going to do it. Yeah, mainly people use their tablets in landscape mode. But if you want to hold the tablet in portrait mode, that camera bump is right where your hand would be. So it kind of, it makes it awkward to hold and awkward to use in portrait mode. Mm -hmm. I get the design aspect of it and, you know, it looks symmetrical and cool. But the fact that most people don't use cameras on their tablets and you make it such a prominent thing that almost gets in the way of using the tablet itself, it's kind of a miss for me. You know, like if you put the camera in the top right corner where they typically are, or maybe even make it smaller and not as prominent, I think that would do a lot better. And another thing too is they have accessories, you know, they have good accessories, they have the stylo, they have keyboard, but they're, I don't know, the pricing doesn't seem right to me on the stylus. Like, yeah, it's, it's a... Uh, I don't know, it seems like a good stylus, but to price it at the same price as like a Apple Pencil or, you know, the, one of the Samsung S Pens that, you know, sometimes come with their tablets, right? You're still trying to build brand credibility with your tablets. So I think they really should have made this at a much more appealing price mm-hmm. as opposed to, okay, the stylus is $100 
and the keyboard is what $150. But you know, like I said, it's their first tablet, it's an entry into the market. And I think it's a good entry into the market. I definitely think that. So I'm looking forward to see what they come out with. And you know, as you mentioned, Google is coming out with their tablet pretty soon too. So I think there's a lot more competition coming into the tablet market, which is good for us as consumers. Yeah. You know, we get this, this what, 67 watt super VOOC charger. And then maybe Samsung says, hey, you know, OnePlus launched this tablet. People keep on raving about how fast it charges. Maybe we need to fix that for our tab series because, you know, they charge pretty slow or yeah, they charge slower than this, mm -hmm. right? Is it slower than zero to 100 in 60 minutes? Maybe Google, I mean, I'm sure at this point, their tablet's pretty much solidified. I don't think they can change too much about it. But maybe now that Google sees this tablet coming out and see how people are talking about it, maybe in their planning for their second tablet, because I'm sure they're already planning that right now, maybe they say, okay, we have to include some of these things that people liked from this OnePlus tablet. You know, maybe, I'm not sure if they're planning on a stylus, but maybe they say, hey, people really like styluses with tablets. Maybe when we launch our next tablet, we have to have a stylus for them. We have to have some sort of first-party keyboard case because people want that from a tablet for sure. But yeah, it's it's a good first product, but it's definitely I feel it's definitely aimed at Samsung, and it, you know it gives people an alternative to Samsung, which is which is good because it's going to push Samsung to improve their products. It's going to push Google, as I said, to improve their products, and you know, hey, maybe it pushes Apple to improve their products too. Well, yeah, I, I just want to reiterate on, on that point a little bit, um, just because I do think where they place this this device in terms of price makes a lot of sense. Because the the Galaxy Tab that you mentioned, yes, it has a better screen, but it doesn't have pen support. Uh, mm. And the only one that does have pen support is either the really expensive devices or the super cheap ones, the, the one that I have, the Galaxy Tab Lite, which is regularly like $299 or even cheaper. So it's like $200 cheaper than this device, but it has much, much worse performance. If you look at what Apple is offering, you can get a tablet with pen support and keyboards and all that stuff, but that has to be the new 10th gen original iPad for $449, so $30 cheaper than this. So if it's like, if someone comes up to me and is like, okay, do I get this or a Samsung Galaxy Tab Lite? Um, Maybe I might say, okay, if you can afford this, get this because this is a better tablet and you don't have to go all the way up to the really expensive Samsung Galaxy tablets to get this, but then if uh, to mm -hmm. get like a, a decent tablet. But then if someone's also going to come up to, to me and say, and I'm curious to get your opinion on this, do you get this or do you pay $30 less and get the 10th gen iPad? I don't know if really recommending the 10th gen iPad makes much sense, especially because, okay, the pens cost about the same between the two. Uh, and the keyboard dock on this is a little bit cheaper, but this you're getting a better screen, 144 Hertz refresh rate. You're getting the super fast charging. Both of them don't have a headphone jack for some stupid reason. <laughs> and sure. The 10th gen, I, I think what you mentioned about the camera is a good point. It's probably going to be more ergonomic if you're just going to hold it in your hands and not use it with the keyboard case. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to get your opinion on, do you say if someone is willing to do either Android or, or iOS because obviously most people pick one and they stick with that but if someone's just like I need a tablet I don't really care about the OS do you think this can beat the 10th gen iPad for most people to be honest I don't and mm. I'm, you know I'll say that hey I'm biased I own a 10th gen iPad Air um, well I, I specifically I guess, no, mean sorry, the, no, sorry the 10th gen not the iPad Air yes just the base iPad um, hmm. so yeah I'm, st I'm still gonna say the iPad it seems like the stylus on the OnePlus is a little bit better. So not even, I mean, even just the fact that for the iPad, you have to charge it with a dongle. Yeah. And this one just magnetically charges to the top as all styluses should. But even just the entire ecosystem, I know it's, it's you know, the question is not talking about iOS, not talking about Android, but that's such a big factor mm -hmm. when it comes to Apple devices. Right? especially if you have an iPhone that you're pairing with a tablet. All of that ecosystem buying stuff makes the iPad so much better. Not to mention like the, the updates that you're going to get year after year and the security updates and the software updates. And not to even mention like the app support that you could get with these things. Right? 
yes, it's a very hardware-wise compelling device, but I mean, you can get DaVinci Resolve on an iPad. You won't be getting that on the OnePlus anytime soon. You're going to get software updates for a lot longer on the iPad just because Apple has a lot less to worry about in terms of updating their devices, right? When you look at, okay, this is a OnePlus device that's running Android. So then Android has to develop the update. Then OnePlus has to, I guess, has to customize the update for their tablet. Whereas opposed to Apple just controls everything from top to bottom, from hardware to software. So I think in terms of like a device, I think the one, I think the Apple iPads are definitely more compelling just because, okay, software wise, you're going to have more updates, you know, more security, more hard software stuff over a longer period of time. You're going to have better app selection, more powerful apps. And in terms of if you have an iPhone, it really just makes so much more sense to get an iPad. Yeah, that's a good point. No, you know what? Honestly, I just, I hope OnePlus sticks with this. I, it's funny. I, I feel like a lot of their products age better with time. Like a lot of the, mm. the reactions initially aren't as good as they turn out to be. Like I remember the OnePlus watch. The reactions to that were not very good because it was just, it wasn't like the most powerful smartwatch in the world, but it had great battery life. And because the reaction wasn't great and it didn't sell well, that thing didn't exist for very long. But I personally thought it was a really cool watch um and uh you know they haven't made anything like it since i hope that isn't the case with this tablet i hope you know they can learn from what they've done here and and potentially make an even better thing maybe next year or in the next couple years Mm -hmm. okay uh and our second topic of the podcast is uh pixel phones so we just officially got the announcement of the pixel fold Uh, you know google tweeted out a video, put it on Instagram, put it all over the place that, hey, yes, the Pixel Fold is real uh, and it is coming. We're probably going to see it at Google I.O. And uh, it looks very similar to the leaks that we saw, uh, you know, that we were talking about last week. It looks like the device that we thought it would be. Uh, the press shots make it look a little bit more slick uh, than, you know, the the leaked video showing of someone just opening and closing it. But those are press shots. We will get most likely we will get the full showcase of it at Google IO. So very soon. And I imagine, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some people, some reviewers already have it in in hand. Uh, I know Google has mentioned that they are going to launch a pixel device soon. That may be this device. That could be another device that also leaked, which we'll talk about in a little bit. (laughs) But um, yeah, were you surprised at all by the just dropping of this trailer for the pixel fold and, and Google talking about it? Do you think it's something they needed to do? because the leaks were out there? Um, or do you think that they planned this all along? Like, hey, we're going to show this and tell you that, hey, this is going to be at Google I.O. and we're going to show you the next great folding device that everyone's going to want to buy. I I feel like they did something similar last year. Yeah. Right? Like there was, I think, I guess what it would have been the 7 or the 7 Pro, right? Where it was, it was leaked and leaked and leaked and then maybe like a week before the launch, they had their official press images or their f- official teasers of it, right? And this is, I don't know, it's kind of like the Google Playbook. They're terrible with, with, with leaking information about their phones and their devices and their products. So I think they almost expect that, like, all right, everyone's going to know about this product before the actual event. So let's just have some sort of press teaser ready for that. Okay, right before the event, we can continue or continue to drum up excitement about our device because they can't do the apple thing where it's nobody knows anything and then when they have their event it's literally the first time you're hearing about a device they for whatever reason they are terrible with security um so they yeah they don't have that excitement of their event so they have to build up excitement before the event so yeah i think they kind of just expected or maybe they just saw that stuff was leaking for the past year and they're like all right the what seven days before our actual event, we're going to have our own press image that we put out just so to remind people that, yeah, hey, the fold is coming. But yeah, I don't know. I think I'm interested to see what what comes from this, Mm -hmm. right? As you said, the press images look better than the image or the video that the person leaked before. Obviously, they're going to make your device look a lot better. But I'm definitely interested to see what comes from first foldable phone from Pixel. You know, as we talked about, 
we just talked about the OnePlus tablet that the first product from them, the first tablet from them, pretty good. I'm expecting Google to have a good device also for their first foldable. I guess the one thing that I'm the most hesitant about, right? I'm sure the screens are going to be nice. I'm sure the software is going to be nice. I'm sure the camera is going to be nice. I am very hesitant about the price, Mm -hmm. right? I think on our last podcast, we talked about this, right? It's supposed to start north of $1,700. The Z Fold 4 from Samsung starts at $1,800. And, you know, I said this last week, it's, this is your first product and Google hasn't been putting out premium products. And the, I'm not saying that they're not good products. They have very good phones, love their phones, the Pixel series, but they are not seen as a premium device in the eye of the public. So if you're going to have your first entry into the foldable market at the same price as Samsung's fourth entry, soon to be their fifth entry, where they've had time to sort of iron out the kinks and they've had time to build brand credibility with their fold series, I do not think that's a good recipe for Google. I think north of 1700 I mean, even if it's the exact same experience as Samsung, even if it's better than Samsung, right? People don't know your folds yet, so they can't trust your fold. So asking someone to spend, you know, close to $1,800 on essentially a mystery, mm-hmm. that, doesn't sound, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't think if it does come at that price, if it does come north of $1,700, I don't think it's going to do well. I don't see it doing well. But I guess from what you've seen of, I guess, like the official press leak, we've seen more from the unofficial leaks than we have the official press leak. But from what you've seen of the device and the rumored price that we talked about last week, how do you think this phone will do when it comes out to the public? Uh, Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think on the last podcast, I said uh, that I felt a lot of the reason why there was so much apprehension around the 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 microsoft duo was because of the price it was a huge steep price and it just people weren't willing to to deal with any of the issues for a price like that um but you know that was also the case for the original samsung galaxy fold i was working at a carrier at the time when that phone was launching and a lot of people put in pre-orders and when the issues happened people were really you know frustrated and when they heard about the price it's like no this isn't worth it to potentially get a device that isn't as durable as something like a Galaxy Ultra, but is going to cost way more. Uh, and I don't know about you, but honestly, this leak doesn't really doesn't really change my opinion on the design of the inner screen. I still think it looks a little cheap. Um, and a lot of that comes from the fact that the bezels are very large and they're very pronounced, very similar to what the original Samsung Galaxy Fold was. If anyone remembers the Galaxy Fold 1, the bezels on that, uh, the screen was like sunken in to uh, the bezels around it. And it looked, it didn't just, it didn't look cool. It looked weird. And for something that cost that much, it didn't seem like a good design choice. They they kind of fixed that as the, the phones kind of evolved. And now they look at little, a little bit more premium uh, than the original ones did. But the Pixel Fold, sticks to that sunken in kind of screen look um, with very large bezels for the inner screen. And yeah, I I think this leak kind of really kind of worries me about what Google is putting out here, but that could all change when Google IO comes and then, you know, they have this out on stage and you're actually seeing people use it. Uh, It could completely change people's minds and people could be like, Oh no, this is the coolest thing ever, ever. And one thing about this press video that wasn't, hugely highlighted because it was a very short video but to me just seems incredibly cool is the outer display i think this outer display looks like it's going to be incredibly useful um, for people when they don't want to open up the screen much more useful than what maybe the the uh, current z fold does with their with its narrow screen so i think that could be its saving grace i think that could be where a lot of people find a lot of of joy out of using this device uh, and then also cameras, right? It's going to be, bears the pixel name pixels revolve around their cameras. I've heard many people talk about the Z fold line and even the Z flip line that the cameras are not great. Uh, and for a productivity device, maybe that's not all that important, but, uh, it was also a big complaint with the Microsoft duo. But when you're paying this much for a phone, you kind of want everything to just work, uh, mm-hmm. to steal an Apple kind of idea. Um, but 
yeah so so you hope that that the pixel can knock all those things out of the park and, and maybe you know some of the little older design cues that that it may be using kind of just fade to the background but overall yeah i'm i'm i don't want to say i'm worried about this device but it's it's not getting me excited for for foldables um it's not having the same excitement that let's say the oppo find n did uh which had a very similar kind of design idea to this device so yeah i don't know maybe maybe this is just one of those devices where you know google puts it out gets developers interested and maybe they were fine on the second version or maybe they knock it out of the park but i know we were both talking about the leaks and you know leaks are what they are it could have been a pre-production model and maybe didn't have the best fit and finish but did this press video kind of push you towards the direction that maybe the the official launch will seem a lot more premium or are you like me and, and feel like maybe this device isn't going to be the most premium uh thing out there especially for the price that they're charging yeah, I'm, I'd say I'd agree. I'm worried about how premium this is going to seem for the price that they're charging. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't notice the bezels as much. I wasn't as concerned with the bezels. But yeah, it's it's something that we're going to have to wait to see when people actually get this in their hands. And you know, you brought up a good point, right? Google I.O. is this upcoming Wednesday. So there's a good chance that some some reviewers already have these and they're already, you know, putting it through its paces and shooting reviews and and that sort of thing with it but bringing up the duo i I, you know bringing up the duo when the duo first launched there was this sort of tiered review right where people first got it and they could release their first impressions but they couldn't turn on device Mm -hmm. they could only talk about the hardware they could only talk about the build quality and everyone loved it and then when the full review came out that's when people were like hey it's built great does not work it's glitchy it's buggy blah 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 do you think we get the same sort of thing from google right so it's the rumors are saying or there's a few rumors right so it's going to be announced in may some people are saying it should be available in june some people are saying it could be as late as july or august Mm -hmm. right do you think that google io happens we get first impression videos where people aren't allowed to turn on the device or they're only allowed to talk about the outside screen the build quality the hinge mechanism of it and then there is a tiered embargo where okay maybe two weeks after that or maybe a month after that then you can talk about the overall experience do you think we get that sort of thing or do you think google just i mean from how much everything is leaked from them in the past they're gonna just say all right yeah whatever you guys can talk about whatever you want because everyone's gonna know anything anyways because we can't keep any secrets <laughs> yeah I, I think they definitely go the route of this is the embargo date you can talk about everything software hardware mm-hmm. everything um i this is one that i will expect the review to be a little bit later um than google io but who knows maybe maybe they they might release the embargo right after IO happens. But the reason why I say that is, well, I guess this is a a prediction. It's a little bit pessimistic, but I think that Google has a track record of this when it comes to software. I wouldn't be surprised if when the reviews of this come out, it's the hardware is okay. You know, it's not great. It's not bad. It's fine. Um, The hinge feels okay. Maybe it's, you hope that it's like the Samsung hinge where you can set it at different angles and it will stick there. But I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't. But the one thing that I I wouldn't be, another thing I wouldn't be surprised to hear them say is that the Pixel software doesn't utilize the, the large screen. And I think this is something I've, I've mentioned many times on this podcast about stock Android. It's very feature bare. Like there's not a lot of features compared to what something like my UI from, or me UI from Xiaomi or, uh, one UI from from uh, uh, Samsung or even you know Oxygen OS or Color OS from from OnePlus, they're always lagging behind in the features department. And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't really launch this phone with a lot of fold specific features. And I think that's going to be kind of the big issue here. Sure, they can get the hardware done. Like they're a big company, I'm sure they can they can find a way to to source the hardware parts correctly and 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 have it manufactured well but 
do they have time to make a really good version of Android that is very usable on foldables that can compete with the four years of iteration that Samsung has done? And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they can come out the gate with something like that. And, you know, it comes right back down to that price. If they can't do that and it costs this much, why would anyone choose this device over a, a fold? So, yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird position to be in, although I am excited to see Google talk about this device. I'm excited to see what their vision is for what the future of foldables look like in both the space of Android and also what Google wants to do with them. Um, but yeah, I, to this point, just me personally, and I, I hope this doesn't sound too pessimistic, but they haven't shown much of why you would want this over a fold other than the better, or I shouldn't say better, but the more compact size that maybe some people are, are more interested in and the better uh, or the more universal kind of aspect ratio of the outer screen. But yeah, it, it is still a device that, you know, I'm excited to see on the Google I.O. stage just because there's a huge mystery around it. It's a it's a big departure from what Google has done in the past and kind of want to see if they can execute. Yeah. Uh, I guess along the lines of Google leaks, We've also had tons of leaks of the Pixel 7a, yeah. which is supposed to, which is rumored to be announced also at Google I.O. So we've actually had hands-on videos of someone with a light blue version. There's actually been a prototype that was on sale on eBay. It's been taken down since, um, but it's supposed to come in a few colors. You know, the light blue supposed to come in a coral, black, and white. There's also rumors about some upgrades that this A-series phone is going to be getting too. Right. There's a rumored face unlock feature that's supposed to be coming. There's a rumor for the main camera getting a bump from 12 megapixels to 64 megapixels. The ultra wide getting bumped from 12 megapixels to 13 megapixels. It's supposed to be getting a 90 hertz refresh rate screen. And with all of that, there's rumors that the price is going to be getting bumped up by $50 also. Now, you may be saying, okay, that's a lot of you know stuff to pack in. For only $50, that's not that bad. But, you know, where the A-series sits, right, it's always been a mid-range, the most affordable phone that Google makes, that Pixel makes. So for that that price to keep on getting bumped up, right, I mean, eventually we're just going to lose the A-series, mm-hmm. right? Eventually it's just going to be, okay, the price of the A has bumped up to the price of the main series, and then the main series has kept on getting price bumps too. So... Yes, these features are interesting. They're good. You know, I like improvements, but are we kind of losing, in essence, what the A-series has always been about? You know, just the mid-range price, a lot of software features, the same software features that you get from the main series phone, just at a more affordable price. Yeah, I I think so. And I think this started with the Pixel 5 um, line. You know, they kind of shot up in price from the Pixel 4a. and a lot of people were like, well, why would you pay this much for a phone that's almost identical, but just a slightly bigger screen? Then when they changed the the whole design for the Pixel 6, they raised the price again. But, you know, because it was a new design, you know, Google was going the more premium route. I think people were like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe the Pixel 6a is a great deal after all. Um, and then the Pixel 7 came out and, you know, those kept in line similar with, with the previous prices. But yeah, I, I definitely think this is Google... Mm. trying to make the phones a little bit more expensive, uh, get a little bit more more money for these phones because I imagine a lot of them are being sold from carriers. You know, we talk about mid-range phones on this podcast uh, and buying a mid-range phone in the North American market is difficult. There isn't a lot of competition and most people are getting their phones from carriers. So the actual launch price of a phone to most people doesn't matter. Because they're going to get it on a contract. They're going to pay either nothing down or a small amount down. And they're going to pay it off for the next two years. Um, and because of that whole model, one, Google can sell these phones to the carriers at a specific price. And if the MSRP is a little bit higher, then you know the carriers will pay a little bit more for the bulk of these phones. But then also, they look better when they go on a steep discount. And you know we've seen it recently, uh, the Pixel 6a. I believe in Canada and the States, but specifically in Canada, it was like $200 off. Uh, And that's like an interesting thing to just randomly happen. But because, you know, the specs of the phone aren't incredibly 
you know, top tier. Uh, you know, in most markets, that would be probably a two ninety nine to you know three hundred and fifty dollar phone. But you know, that allows them to make it look really enticing with with these steep discounts. So yeah, maybe that's that's what Google's trying to Google is trying to do here. Samsung's doing the same thing. They just released their new mid range device with the A fifty four, I think it's called, um, and they raised the price on that as well. Uh, I hear a lot of people speculating that you know the their budget phones are gonna because there's gonna be more in the A line that are gonna come. They're, they're all gonna be a little bit more expensive. They're also gonna be very popular in carrier stores, which means you can get big discounts from that price. But yeah, I think that's just the market that we're in. The the funny thing though is how this phone leaked, and it's it's funny how Google just can't catch a break with these leaks because someone actually bought this phone from a used phone store. Uh, the Pixel 7a, and it's not even out yet. And, you know, <laughs> I, I mentioned that there are potentially, you know, Google mentioned that the phone will launch very close or in line with Google I.O. Some people speculated that it might be the, the Pixel Fold because that device is actually announced. Despite the fact that the Pixel 7a isn't announced, I believe that that's the device I think most, if not all reviewers already have that in their hand. And the moment Google I.O. hits, I think we're going to see a bunch of reviews for this phone uh, come out. Uh, and from what it sounds like, it sounds okay. It's the, the Tensor G2. It's, uh, you know, I believe a plastic, yeah, plastic back phone. Uh, some people are speculating that the rails around the phone now might be plastic and not metal. It was metal on the, uh, 6A. Uh, so yeah, but it's going to get an upgrade in the refresh rate of the screen. It's supposed to have a 90 Hertz uh, refresh rate, uh, on the screen, which I believe the Pixel 6A stuck at, was stuck at 60. So, yeah, it's an interesting phone. Um, I don't know how exciting people or excited people are going to be with it, considering that it is going to potentially get a price increase from the 6A. But, yeah, have you seen any of the leaks of the 7A? Have you seen people actually using the device and, and practically reviewing it at this point? And uh, do you think that this is a good successor to the Pixel 6A? I've seen some of the leaks, uh, not full-on reviews yet, mm-hmm. but... Uh, I've seen like some in-hand videos of people kind of swiping around the UI. And I mean, it looks like a, a Pixel phone, yeah, right? <clears throat> it looks good. I'm sure it's going to get good reviews. But, you know, as I said, this is a mid-range phone. And the A-series has always been one of the best, if not the best, mid-range phones, in my opinion, mm-hmm. at least. Out of all of the improvements, I guess that are rumored, the only one that I actually care about is the 90 hertz display. Okay. Other than that, right, like the camera getting bumped up, the face unlock, I don't care for that. To be honest, even all the colors that are rumored to be coming out with this, right? In my mind, the A series should be just one color. You get it in matte black, the same 12 megapixel camera they've always been using, and it it still produces great photos, right? That's the thing. People haven't complained about how bad the photos are from the A series. If anything, it's these might actually be as good as a mainline series, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, less colors, same camera, bring back the headphone jack. Please. And if you're going to improve anything, okay, yes, 90 hertz display because it will make the experience seem faster, right? The actual phone itself may not be any faster from, or it won't be any faster from 60 hertz and 90 hertz, but things will move around faster on the screen. So it will feel faster to the person using it. But other than that, I like, I think, in a perfect world, they should keep the price exactly the same. If anything, drop the price mm-hmm. and just give us a 90 hertz screen. And then every year, that's what it is. So there's no new colors. There's no new camera. 12 megapixels, 90 hertz screen, whatever the newest Tensor chip is, that's it. And you will move units at that, at that you know, those specs. It will be a competitive price, a very compelling price if you can keep it that low, right? And I really don't think they need to do anything else other than that. I, I think that's that's a good point to bring up here. And I know there's a lot of conversation about this device potentially being a downgrade from the 6A, potentially in the materials. Uh, I guess just a couple of questions on that front. Do you care if the material is downgraded from a metal rail to a plastic rail? Um, is that something that bothers you? And then also the other kind of thing that changed is apparently the bezels are larger around the screen. I think we both talked on this podcast. We don't really care that much about bezels, but mm-hmm. it may make the phone along with potentially a more plasticky feel 
make the phone feel a lot less premium than the 6A did because a lot of people talked about how the 6A felt like a flagship phone and were even saying, hey, get this instead of the Pixel 7. It's just a better deal overall and it feels just as good in the hand. Um, do you feel like maybe those changes, the more plasticky design and the larger bezels and potentially even just a larger phone overall because of the larger bezels will make it feel like less of an upgrade and potentially even maybe a worse phone than the Pixel 6a? Because it's a mid-range phone, mm -hmm. I think it should come with plastic bezels. I'm, I'm fine with that. But then you get into the tricky thing of it feels less premium, but you're charging more. Yeah. Despite the fact that, hey, the camera may get a bump, the displays may get a bump, you know, you might get, might get face unlock, right? Which are premium features, but those are, those are sort of difficult to quantify, mm -hmm. right? Especially the camera, because as I said, you know, the A series, they take great photos. So the camera getting a bump, if you, if you get a bump in the camera and it doesn't appear better to you, then it's like, all right, what am I paying this? extra $50 for or it's you know it's not $50 just for the camera it's for everything included but yeah I don't know and even the possible face unlock yeah it's convenient but as I said the fingerprint scanner on the back of the phone on the a series on the 4a that's my ideal unlocking situation I think they should go back to that also yeah I don't know like maybe I'm just a boomer right but people haven't been impressed with the under under screen fingerprint sensor on the pixels phones Go back to an actual like physical area on the back of the phone or even on the power button on the side of the phone. But it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult when the stuff that people can quantify, like how it feels in your hand, it's difficult when that is getting a downgrade, whereas other things that you can't necessarily quantify are getting an upgrade. And yeah, okay, the overall experience will probably be better, but what you feel is less premium, but what you're paying is more premium. Yeah. And no headphone jack. No headphone jack. That's it's uh, a big one. It's one of the reasons why <clears throat> it's not on uh, one of my short lists, lists for, for a new phone. You know, the, the Pixel 7a wasn't the only phone that leaked. And, you know, Google isn't the only one that can leak phones. A lot of other companies can as well. Some of these are leaks. Some of them are, some of these are rumors. And some of them, these are just things that we've already been confirmed. One of the most interesting ones, and I'm curious to get your opinion on it, is, you know, we were just talking about potentially the 7A being more expensive and what's going to happen to the mid-range phone if these phones keep going up in price. Well, one of the big mid-rangers of last year, uh, especially for the European and Asian markets, specifically the European markets, was the Nothing Phone. And we did get a confirmation announcement that the Nothing Phone 2 is coming this summer. And even prior to that, we also got an announcement that it will be running the Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1. So it's not going to use the current flagship. It's not going to use the, the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2. Um, it's using last year's chip. But they also announced that this is going to be a premium phone, so not a mid-range mid phone. What they mean by that, if they mean that it's just going to be premium in terms of design and feel, which the original Nothing phone was already uh, doing, or what's most likely the case is this a situation where we're going to have to expect a larger price tag? Um, I'm curious to get your opinion on that. Do you think that this is the move that Nothing had to do to kind of, you know, make money? I'm pretty sure they weren't making a ton of money off the Nothing Phone 1. But also, uh, this phone could potentially come to the North American market. And maybe this is just what you do when you come to the North American market. You stop making uh, mid-range phones and you only make flagships. So yeah, are you excited at all about the the refresh or the new Nothing Phone 2? I'm definitely excited just because, I mean, the Nothing Phone 1 was so different in how it looked compared to other phones. I mean, I guess it looked exactly like an iPhone, iPhone. 12, yeah. except they put <laughs> lights on the back. But other than it looking exactly like an iPhone, it was very different than other phones. Yeah. Um, mostly because of the glyph, the glyphs on the back. Yeah. And I guess also if you compare it to other Androids, it was very different than other Androids, mm -hmm. right? I'm interested to see what they do. And I'm definitely glad that, you know, their company is continuing to put on new phones because yes, okay, Carl Pay launched a new company and he helped build OnePlus. So you expect them to be able to successfully launch a phone brand, but there's no promises, right? So the fact that, 
yes, they launched their first phone, you know, earbuds, second earbuds, and now they're launching their second phone. That's a good sign, right? We want to see more people in the in the phone market. And the fact that, hey, this is actually coming to North American markets too, mm-hmm. right? That's something that's good. That's good to see. That's exi- exciting to see because when we talk about other phone companies, right? When we talk about like the Huawei's and the Xiaomi's and Honor, right? They make good phones. Yeah. They make very good phones that in a lot of ways compete or outperform Samsung when it comes to Android space, but we can't get those in North American markets. So to have another Android competitor come into North America, I think that's great. I'm definitely interested in the design because they did such a unique thing last time with the Glyph system, right? I'm sure there's going to be some sort of Glyph system on this phone also. It's, uh, I think in one of the, not even leaked, in one of the teaser images that they showed off, right? There's an, there's a red LED on the back. Some people are speculating it could be RGB lighting on the back. Carl Pei has gone on record to say that he doesn't like RGB and he thinks it's cringy. <laughs> but I mean, even if it's just one RGB notification light, I think that would be huge. Yeah. Right. As someone, you know, coming from the Blackberry days and the old smartphone days, everyone loved RGB notification light. So if they could bring that back, I think that would be a huge win for a lot of old smartphone enthusiasts. But then I also think because it's coming to North America, because they're trying to be premium, they have to go with Snapdragon. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that they're not even going with the newest Snapdragon either, right? They're not going with the 8 Gen 2. They're going with the 8 Plus Gen 1, which is still a very good you know, it's a very good chip. It's just not the newest chip. It's not the best chip that Snapdragon offers. But I think it would be difficult to market themselves as a premium device in North America because you'd be able to look at all the other, you know, quote unquote, premium Android phones. And it's like, oh, they all run Snapdragon. How come you guys don't run Snapdragon? Yeah. But because it's not the newest Snapdragon, I think it's still going to be at a a somewhat affordable price or a competitive price when you compare it to, you know, the OnePlus phones, when you compare it to the Samsung S series phones. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to have a very interesting, very unique design. I think it's going to be priced competitively and I think it's going to have good performance too. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause as I said, it's not the newest chip, but it's still a very good, a very powerful chip. Yeah. And, and hopefully improvements on the camera as well. If you're going to go for that premium price, the camera needs to be better than the kind of average camera that was on the original Nothing Phone. But, um, you know, the Nothing Phone was a very large phone. And for a new brand, it makes sense. Those are the most popular phones. And there aren't a lot of small phones out there. The The Pixel A series have definitely gotten larger uh, in size. The, you know, iPhone mini is no longer uh, a thing. Uh, another really popular kind of Android phone, or I shouldn't say popular, but interesting Android phone that has probably been the last small Android phone was the Asus Zenfone line. Uh, so the, the Zenfone 9 was a 5.9 inch phone. And I, I don't know of many modern phones that are under six inches, but also have, you know, flagship specs. It had the, you know, top chip at the time it came out, um, you know, dual camera systems, you know, great screen and stuff like that but in a small compact size. Well, uh, apparently the uh, leak is that the new version, the Zenfone 10, is actually going to increase in size and gonna come with a 6.3 inch screen. So quite a bit larger. Um, It's obviously not the largest, but it's definitely gonna be bigger than something like the Pixel uh, A series, uh, which is a little bit disappointing considering that it was one of the last compact phones out there. Hopefully they still keep the headphone jack. Hopefully they don't go too mainstream. But uh, I was about to ask. Yeah, we don't know about that yet. But yeah, do you think that potentially this is we're seeing the end of under six inch phones? Maybe we don't see that happening uh, again. And uh, do you think this is a smart move from from ASUS? Maybe you know a lot of people weren't interested in this phone because it was just too small, and people just want you know bigger phones. Uh, yeah, I think we could be seeing an end of small phones, um, which is unfortunate. I think going from 5.9 to 6.3 is a pretty big jump, Yeah. right? I think a lot of popular phones, a lot of phones these days are 6.1 inches. I think it would have been, I think 
it would have made more sense to go to that instead of going all the way up to 6.3. But, uh, I mean, I'm definitely interested to see what happens when this phone comes out. Because, you know, you mentioned the Zenfone 9. That was a very well-received phone, especially, you know, we talked about OnePlus just now and how, or no, sorry, we talked about nothing. Yeah. I make that mistake all <laughs> the time. We talked about nothing and how we weren't sure what the camera would be like on their premium phone. And everyone was amazed by how well the camera on the Zenfone 9 performed. Yeah. That was one thing that was, I guess, that was one of the, the selling points of the phone. I'm assuming they'll be able to keep the same camera performance going from the 9 to the 10. But I think they would have had a very compelling device if they didn't make as large of a, as a screen jump. Now, I mean, these are all rumors, right? I don't think Asus has confirmed it themselves yet. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sad to say that I, I, we might be gone with the compact phones. Yeah. Now the only compact phone is what the, the Galaxy Z Flip technically. Yeah. Right. Because you can fold point. that up. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, if if Asus really is moving on from the compact size, then it's unfortunate to say that we've lost another compelling small phone. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yes, they stick with 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, but. Yeah. Well, to your point about the cameras, yes, the, the leak does state like, yeah, they're taking cameras really seriously, like you mentioned, um, 200 megapixel camera, which is a crazy uh, kind of stat. And another great thing about the Zenfone line is that despite the fact that they were smaller, they had great battery life. I'm sure that's mm -hmm. going to continue because it's obviously it's just going to be a much larger phone now. But, you know, if if those kind of staples continue, the great battery life, 200 megapixel camera, hopefully a headphone jack. Um, and front-facing speakers, maybe you know this. This it still kind of gets people interested who are big fans of the of the last phone. But like you mentioned, yeah, that's a huge jump. Um, and getting a 200 megapixel camera in your phone when megapixel counts, you know, don't always mean a great camera. May not uh, convince people that it's worth getting, you know, the larger phone. But yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. There's there's been so many leaks, so many rumors. There's you know obviously there's um. Uh, the new Sony phones that are going to come out this summer. The summer is going to be really, really packed. Uh, the Xperia 10, the Xperia 5, and the Xperia 1 uh, Mark 5 are going to come out this summer. Uh, so this summer is going to be packed. This is There's also going to be the sequel to the OnePlus Nord N20 that's uh, coming out this year, which is kind of already exists. There's the uh, version of that phone in European markets. And uh, I'm sure they're just going to make some small changes and rename it and bring it to the North American market like they did with the original Nord uh, N20. Mm. So, yeah, it's this is if you need a phone right now, which is what I do, uh, this is kind of <laughs> the worst time because we're in a huge changing of the guard right now. But uh, also kind of exciting. We're going to see a lot of lot of cool things with Google I.O. And then, you know, soon after that, we're also going to get Apple, uh, Apple's uh, WWDC, which I don't think we'll get a folding phone there. But who knows? You never know. Probably not. <laughs> They can keep Never a secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess any closing statements for today? Uh, no, it's just uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the reaction to this Pixel 7a is going to be like. I've been in the market for a mid-range phone uh, this past few weeks, and I've looked at the Pixel line. It, it's, it's tough. You know, the North American market needs more budget phones, and it's fortunate that the rumor is that it's going in the opposite direction and getting more expensive, and we could definitely use something like the Pixel 3a and the Pixel 4a back in the market right now. Yeah. Uh, take it easy, everyone in podcast land. Catch you in the next episode.